Look, I come from the clubs, so I know how to do my thing. I need people to doubt me as gasoline for my vehicle to move. What was the most challenging interview you've ever had to do? This one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. You've just heard some great tidbits from our show. Stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, full service intellectual property law firm. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not a lawyer, but I work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup and a new project. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everybody. The road to entrepreneurship, usually about entrepreneurism and small businesses and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. But we've got an amazing guest, DJ Suswan, who is an entrepreneur and an entertainer. He does it all. We're really looking forward to speaking with him. And don't forget, it's a special show today because this is the last time that we will be recording this show in the iHeart Studios in Tribeca, down in the old AT&T building, a beautiful building. iHeart is moving up to 55th Street, so this is our last recording in the studio we started in. First, we want to do our usual thing and talk a little bit about intellectual property in the news. So who's up for that today? Well, somebody actually is going to jail for copyright infringement and criminal activities. Well, it's about time. It is about time. So this happened in England. A hacker stole Ed Sheeran's unreleased music. Right. And he got like 176 pounds on the black market for it. And instead of getting paid in currency, he got paid in cryptocurrency. <laughs> so if I'm so going to rip off no if I'm going to rip off Ed Sheeran, I'm going to want real money for that because Lord only knows what the cryptocurrency is worth, but Anyway, he got caught, and he's doing 18 months in jail. It was a joint effort between the New York DA's office and whoever in England prosecutes these things. But it just goes to show that music theft doesn't pay. And so I'd like to go to Richard's Roundtable now. Kenya Gibson, what are your thoughts about this outrageous breach of intellectual property? So I guess how do you prove that it's stolen if it's happening in cryptocurrency? Right. Is it, it's the same thing as cash, I'm presuming? Well, he was a hacker. So he was able to log into Ed Sheeran's account and find copies of 18 songs that had not been released yet. So it wasn't so much like a somebody got a CD or something. It was a hacker who was able to get into Ed Sheeran's computer stuff. So the repercussion for stealing music is the same as if you were going to steal from anybody else, right? He's going to jail for 18 months. He got caught because he hacked into his account. And he sold it to somebody for cryptocurrency. That was actually the thing that tripped them up because they found out who was buying the music. Got it. Well, the lesson learned is you don't steal. Right. right. And you have no right to use people's stuff unless you have permission. But that happens a lot, I feel like, in music. And sometimes stuff goes under the radar. But if you're properly protected, then you don't have to worry about that. Right. I mean, but you remember like the days of Napster mm. when everybody was sharing files. And now the security has gotten so good that they can at least identify the thieves. So as an intellectual property attorney, I'm like totally on Ed's side. And it's unfortunate because he lost the benefit of being able to be the first to release the music. So, DJ, what are your thoughts on this situation? Um, were the songs good or were they horrible? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't know. Was They're it, not released. Was it worth to steal or did he waste his time with the theft? Um, well, I'm not exactly sure what the question is. Um, should he suffer the consequences? Of course, stealing is horrible. You shouldn't steal anybody's music. Maybe there was a reason Ed Sheeran didn't want those out. But regardless, don't steal, like what Kenya said. But as a DJ, I want to know, you know, I come from the mixtape era where it was all sure. about stealing music and putting it out on mixtape. <laughs> so I want to know if the songs were good or if they were, if they were bad. So I think that was a confession. I expect the police to arrive steal. any minute now. That was a 90s confession. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, though, if you're an artist and somebody does hack in and steals your music, especially if you haven't released it to the public, that you do have recourse. Right. So I'm hoping Ed Sheeran gets compensated some way. Well, but with cryptocurrency, probably yeah, not. Get it's probably worth zero today. Yeah. Well, I mean, this guy's 23 years old, so how much compensation could there be? He's spending 18 months in jail. 
I agree there should be consequences, but the guy's just a kid. A kid who steals. A kid who steals. <laughs> what else did he find? He only went to steal music? What else did he find in the, the in the theft? His hair secrets? I mean, I <laughs> maybe maybe pictures of Ed doing some things that he wouldn't want public. Yeah, I don't know. Recording the songs. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Ed Sharon, I love you. <laughs> I'm just joking for the entertainment of the podcast. Really? <laughs> Well, I haven't heard too many Ed Sheeran songs myself, but he's a popular guy. Well, I would be totally ticked off if somebody took the podcast I'm working on and put it out before I was ready to release it. Is this a shameless attempt at self-promotion? That comes later. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, something to look forward to, no doubt. So. Anyway, we have DJ Sus1 in the studio. Yes. DJ in the house tonight. Yes, well, thanks yes. so much for coming. Thank and you for having me. You've had such an amazing career. I know you're like, you've got your hands in so many pots. It's just amazing. I don't know how you keep things so together when you've got so much going on. Elizabeth and I uh, saw you on Sherry last week. That is an incredible show. She is, and you are too, but yeah. she's absolutely no, amazing. Shout, I want to say shout to Sherry because she is, you know, I've been in this industry since the the late 90s like 98 and you don't meet positive people all the time it's a lot of sharks in this game sherry's one of the people that try to help people pushes positive energy and she you know just is a great person so shout to sherry yeah well, that's for- sherry shepherd for those of you sherry who shepherd, don't know yes. who we're talking about and if you're in the new york area it's on at 10 a.m on friday and dj sus one is on there and she had a comedian on there that had me rolling on the floor. I mean, this guy yeah, was Yeah, I'm definitely hilarious. stealing some of his jokes as soon as I can <laughs> work him into my few, act. There's been a few, so I'm not sure which one you're talking about. But. <laughs> I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah, it was a great show. We really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys, man. And you're also going to be working with Mariah Carey, and you've known her for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, well, I've been working with Mariah since 2006, I think, or 2007. Shout to my brother, DJ Clue. So you know what's funny? I've been actually working for Mariah before she even knew it. Because in 1998, when I started in the game as an intern, I was interning for her record label that she owned called Crave Records, which was under the Sony Music umbrella. Um, she has no recall of that. <laughs> <laughs> but once she became aware that of my existence, it was, I think, around 2006, something like that, because DJ Clue, my brother DJ Clue, who had produced a lot of records for her and had a friendship with her, had just come over um, to iHeart to Power 105.1 doing five days a week. Mm-hmm. And I was just a young kid under his umbrella trying to make it. And he couldn't go on her whole tour, the Adventures of Mimi tour back then. So he put me on 90-something percent of the tour, and he just did a lot of the big cities. And after that, she became aware of me because I did my thing. She loved the way I, I DJed and entertained the crowd. And then we began a friendship, and she realized we come from the same type of background. I'm black and white. She's black and white. We had a lot of the same experiences. And... I'm still working with her today. So what do you think about your style that attracted her to you as opposed to other DJs? Um, I'm great. No, I'm joking. (laughs) It's so funny, guys. When people ask you these questions, you have to answer in a humble way so you don't sound like a jerk. But I I like to push the envelope. No, no, I just know. Look, I come from the clubs, so I know how to do my thing when it comes to making people feel turned up in party mode. I don't want to say that I'm different from any other DJs. I'm just good at what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned from a lot of the greats like Kate Capri and um, Funk Flex and SNS and Ron G and, of course, my brother DJ Clue and just a bunch of people mm-hmm. that I learned. So I mimic those styles that I learned from and I put my own energy into it and add things and it becomes my own. So I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know the answer to, which okay. is an attorney. You're never supposed to ask a question that you don't know the answer to. I know. My father's to. a criminal attorney, by the way. So, so he can, <laughs> he, he'd probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. But is a DJ a musician? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, it depends what era you come from, right? Before hip-hop existed, well, DJs existed before hip-hop, but you sure, know, people yeah. would think musicians are just pure instruments like piano or percussion or drums or whatever. The DJ is an instrument. It's not the instrument that you would know from, you know, the old days, you know, from Mozart and Bach and all of them. But, you know, we add an element, the scratching, the bringing back another sound to it. I also think we are the master of ceremony um, on top of it. It used to be a DJ and an MC, but I come from the era where the DJ and the MC were doing the same thing. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely think it's an instrument. There's a lot of classic records. Like, um, I'm just going to put a couple examples out there. Like, Rob Bass, It Takes Two, mm-hmm. where a lot of the scratching is part of the record, and people are waiting for that part. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's endless records like that, like Baby Got Back by, by Sir Mix-A-Lot. If those scratches didn't exist in that record, who knows it would have been the same. That's a part of the energy and part of the record. Sure. I think the human voice, when people sing, is an instrument. You know, there's a lot of songs and beats that exist, but the sound of certain people's voice, such as Mariah or Whitney. Oh, they're yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so let's talk about Mariah Carey's Christmas concert. So we did buy tickets. We're going to her Christmas concert, and I'm actually super excited about it. I hadn't really paid attention to it before we started talking to you about coming on the show, mm-hmm. but it's really going to get us in the mood for the holidays. It's at Madison Square Garden, which is so easy and such a great venue because the acoustics there are great, right? Right, yes. It's actually a moment for me also because I, I've been working with Mariah for a long time, but I've never, ever, in all the concerts or any time she's summoned me, done any of her Christmas shows. Really? Yeah, because uh, her Christmas shows are usually, it's a different energy. It's Christmas, sure. so it's usually like, how do I turn up? You'd be like, yo, everybody get your hands up, and then, yeah. you know, silent. <laughs> but, but she summoned me this time. I'm going to turn up as best as I can, and it's exciting for me because it's my first time on Mariah's Christmas shows, and she's has become the queen of Christmas. So I think there's moments that are sort of markers for where you've gone and what you've accomplished in your career. I'm just proud of myself because I've made it this far, even though I'm still working to get to to accomplish some of my goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. But I grew up where the last thing, and I think I speak for most parents, is that I don't think they want their son to be a DJ, you know? <laughs> maybe a lawyer, maybe a doctor, but Get not a, a real DJ. Job. And yeah. look, I've dated girls in the past when I was younger, like as a teenager, and when I told them I'm, you know, I'm a DJ and I'm trying to do this, they'd be like, well, how are you going to make money doing that? You know, like, how are you? They just couldn't see it. I saw the vision and I believed in myself and I saw, you know, uh, probably because I was a fan of it, I saw other DJs successful and I'm just proud of myself that I've made it this far to where now my family, and I love my father, but, you know, he couldn't see it and other people couldn't see it around me too, but I'm proud of myself because now people show me off. Like, look, He's DJing for Mariah Carey doing this. He's on this radio station. He's on this TV show. I'm just proud of myself. Even though I'm still not exactly where I want to be, I'm definitely way further than when I started. You are starting something new now, thefeaturepresentation.com. So that's going to build up into something huge, right? Yes. It's actually not new. We've been working on it for a while. Because the the original podcast that was starting was thefeaturepresentation.com existed then. So look, I've always been a fan of movie review. I'm like a geek. I watch movie review. I'm always watching movie news. I, I got movie toys. I got movie, like, you know, so I always wanted to do that for myself. And I started a while ago, but I was just too busy with radio and with other things going on in my life. And I was in a different financial space at that time. But now I'm making this a priority. So, yes, thefeaturepresentation.com. We're starting a podcast in January. I just was an ambassador for the Urban World Film Festival. Shout out to my cousin Sharice, who's very big over there. I do movie screenings now. The movie studios have been hiring me to do early screenings um, so my influencer and famous friends could come watch the movie early and have that experience. And I'm just building my brand into that world. But I'm all about proving myself and hustling. I need that energy. I need people to doubt me as gasoline for my vehicle to move. I think you'd be a great movie producer from what I know of you. And I guess the question I have is when people pre-screen these movies, do they take the feedback and decide how far they're going to release it into theaters or whether they're going no, straight No, no, these to... are early screenings, honestly, to um, push the movies right oh, now. Okay. But I'm actually now getting into the space where they they want to start showing me early edits and stuff and getting opinions. So so what kind of movies? And then we have to go to Kenya. Well, I was just going to say, I just saw Devotion. That mm-hmm. was one of your pre-screenings the other day. Yes. And I will say this about his dinner. She cried at the end. I did Aww. cry at the end. He didn't even see me cry at the end, though, but I definitely No, but I cried. know you cried at the end. <laughs> <laughs> a so, good movie then, right? Yeah, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. And I will say this. I've never been to the movies like that before. So it's like a whole experience. So you go to these theaters. It's actual, like, dinner. You sit there. You have it's drinks. It's so funny the way have... she's wording it because the way she worded it makes it sound like she hasn't been to the movies. Like, I have, but not like that. You, you just it's, go and it's, it's, it's a It's been 30 years just, since yeah. I've seen There's a movie. popcorn this chair. <laughs> 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 so it's a whole vibe like you sit down and you can order food and they bring you drinks and like you're having an entree while you're eating a movie like i've yeah. never experienced a movie like I, that i didn't create the dinner and a movie 
theme and saying has been around, but I'm definitely making it a movie. Definitely. You know? Dinner in the movie with DJ Sus One is my screening experience. Yeah, by there way. you go. That sounds great. Oh, how well, do we get in on this? <laughs> we so, have to be influencers. We better work on that. Right we now, better work on Kenya. That's I'm being honest. Right now, it is influencer based, but right now I'm trying to expand it to the general public because I want everybody to enjoy early screenings. We'll be back with more DJ Sus One and Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, DJ Sus One, who is amazing and has all sorts of projects going on. If you missed the first part of this, our podcast is out tomorrow. Stay tuned for the rest. We have a lot of great stuff to cover. You can't keep telling him he's amazing because it all goes to his head. Why would you tell her and promote her not to tell the truth? (laughs) Stop it. I thought this was about authenticity now. Truthful radio show. So we want to throw the ball to Kenya. Kenya, what do you what do you want to ask? So you do a lot of things, and I would say that you are the non-traditional entrepreneur like you have a lot of hustles going on Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to creatives who are looking to monetize multiple things that they're doing well number one definitely do not be scared of failure a lot of people are scared of failure I feel like you have to experience failure to succeed you know Um, and to appreciate the success on top of that and to learn and to learn lessons so don't be scared of failure be consistent don't listen to too many different opinions if you believe in your dream and your goals you're gonna have people that's gonna to say, no, that's not possible because they just can't see the vision or, you know, try to talk you out of it. Don't listen to people. If you truly believe within your soul that this is what you want to do. And by the way, don't base it off of money on top of that. I want to say that, too. We all want to make money. I know we got to pay rent. We got to pay bills. But your dreams and goals should be something that's going to create happiness and something that you really want to do. Because if it's all about money, then you're just going to be all over the place and you won't have any direction because you'll just do anything for money. And that's just not the case. But, yeah, I think be consistent. Don't be scared of failure. Don't listen to too many outside opinions. Do your research on whatever it is that you want to accomplish and move forward. Don't be lazy. You got to work hard. So I think we just coined a new term here, multi-hustler. I think DJ Sasuan is a multi-hustler because he's got a lot of different gigs going on. And I've grown into that, by the way. The original hustle was just to be able to DJ and mimic my heroes. So then how do you handle all of these different businesses? It's like the gym for me. Like, um, And by the way, that's just a pun because I know I have a big stomach, so I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> Well, you sound thin. I've trained myself to be able to deal with pressure and deal with that stuff. I don't think the younger me would have been able to deal with everything that I'm dealing with now. I've trained myself because I, I, I perfected one thing, then I started doing another thing, then I started doing another thing. And I put myself under pressure doing a lot of things, and I've, I've kind of groomed myself to be able to do what I'm doing today. I'm just a very honest, loyal, humble person. I never purposely want to do anybody dirty. 
Mm-hmm. I never purposely want to do anything that's going to harm anybody. Like, I've never lost my soul being in this game, you know? Yeah. And that's given me a lot of great opportunities and, and, and kept a lot of great relationships. But sometimes I think to myself, and I don't know if this is true, so guys don't judge me off this, but sometimes I'm like, would I have been more successful being the shark that I see other people being and being the dishonest person I've seen people being? Because I've seen a lot of people get way further that start at the same time I am because of the way they are. Right. But, you know, then I tell myself, you know, that ending doesn't end well. Well, it's a good thing you didn't go into law because there would be <laughs> you'd meet many of those people. Exactly. I think about that all the time. I got to be able to sleep at night. I got to make sure I always chose to do the right thing and not the wrong thing. But, you know, it, it doesn't feel like that's the world we live in. No, it doesn't. And it is tough to watch people cut corners and you can say, well, I could have done the same thing. I, you know, made extra money, but it's just not me. I couldn't do it if I wanted to. Yes. You know? Well, the other piece of that, too, I think, is when I hear somebody say, any exposure is good exposure. Any publicity That's is good publicity. What about your dignity? Well, I don't know if you looked around Earth recently. This <laughs> <laughs> is not a dignified planet. But that you're talking about my what you're saying is how I think. Like I've turned down things that I think could have gotten me some type of fame quickly, but it's not all about fame for me. It's about what matches my soul and the person I am. I don't want to be famous by any means necessary, and I don't want to be rich by any means necessary. I'm not willing to sell my soul for that. And I, I think that's the definition of selling your soul, doing whatever it takes to get this in. That's just not who I am. If it doesn't match my personality, if it doesn't match my soul, I'm just not going to do it. Let's talk about what's next for your podcast. We're launching a podcast. When we say we, I, it's me and my team in January. It's going to be movie news, movie review from our perspective. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to interview actors, producers. But also, I'm gonna, you know, I come from the music world and the radio world, so I still don't, I don't want to leave that alone. So I'm still gonna interview celebrities from that world and influencers from that world, and we'll have our opinions from that world. You know, the original saying for the FeaturePresentation.com is where movies and music meet. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep that, and I think I'm gonna move in that direction. And you've interviewed some pretty famous people, Sanaa Lathan. Yeah, Sanaa Lathan. Because she had a movie called On the Come Up, and the movie studio gave us the movie early so we could show you know, the influencers and famous friends, and she actually came so that she could um, get interviewed about the movie because she directed the movie. Yeah, that was a big moment for me, too, even though it was quick. It was a big moment, man. When I first started DJing, I just wanted to mimic like my heroes that were DJing. I've gotten the chance to interview Tom Cruise and Sanaa Lathan and people of that caliber, and I'm just like, wow, I, I never would have thought in a million years that you know, this hustle came later in life. Well, you're never doing okay so far. Never God. too old, right? You can always start. Well, thank heaven for that. <laughs> but I yeah. want to. <laughs> I want to go back to one thing that really interests me. But these two are not going to like it. Okay, so <laughs> you're right. Um, we don't like it. So <laughs> are your are your horror films going to be more like Alfred Hitchcock or more like Texas Chainsaw? Oh. Probably Texas Chainsaw. So I'm a. <laughs> I was raised in the DJ 80s. killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say this: I'm not going to be acting in the movies. I just oh. want to create them. Oh come on! I don't think I'd be a good actor. Well, Alfred maybe Hitchcock I'll do did the um, cameos in his shows. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. The cameos or something like that. You know, I was raised in the '80s, so the reason I even wanted to do horror movies was because of a lot of famous slasher films. One of them being Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even though the funny thing is, I didn't really watch that in the '80s like that. My guys were Freddy Krueger. That was my main guy. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, Chucky! <laughs> my son was terrified Did you have, of like, Chucky. Posters? Not today's Chucky, by the way. The eighties Chucky. Yeah, I had posters. He has I was, that now. I have that now. Yes. When we, when we finish the show, I'll show you my basement. Um, you'll see what it is. But the main reason I wanted to create horror movies is because New Line Cinema was which one of the biggest movie companies out. They were like a small little company that had nothing going on, and Wes Craven had this script called The Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger um, story, and nobody in Hollywood wanted to buy it. And New Line Sim at the time was kind of like what my company is now, maybe even a little further on, just had no money, no nothing. And when I say no money, guys, I mean compared to Hollywood. And he chose to believe in Wes Craven, and they found a way to raise the money to create A Nightmare on Elm Street. And fast forward, the movie and the franchise became successful. New Line Cinema got renamed. Well, they're, they're still New Line Cinema, but people call them the house that Freddy built. And because of that horror franchise, they have been able to create some of the biggest movies ever for generations, you know, and they're still moving. And I love horror movies from the, you know, predominantly from the 80s and um, and 90s. And that just gave me the energy and excitement and the dream to create horror movies. But I want to do other movies, too, by the way, which is that I want to start doing horror movies. Passage to Profit, DJ Suswan and Elizabeth Gerhardt and Kenya Gibson. And, of course, moi, Richard Gerhardt. Hi. I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress. 
founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, DJ Sus One. It's time now for Power Move. So, Kenya, who's been moving powerfully lately? Power Move this week is going to go to Jennifer Hudson. She has an Emmy, she has a Grammy, an Oscar, and now her own talk show. And on top of that, she's making room for other black women-owned businesses on behalf of MasterCard's Strivers Mentor Collective Initiative. So according to Forbes, Hudson worked with the global tech company with the launch of its Strivers Initiative that helps black women-owned businesses expand their enterprises with grants and other tools so that they can reinvest into their communities. So she is our power mover today. That's really great. I'd love to hear stories like that. Yeah. Is she just starting this now or? I think in the last like year because she was part of the whole launch and the whole beginning of the initiative. So I'm excited for her and what she's doing for other women of color. That's big. And anything that we can do to promote entrepreneurship is massive. Mm-hmm. So I think, and people get, uh, if it works, it's it's a great experience and it's a great growth experience for people. And now, it's time for Elizabeth, and she has a special announcement for us. Yes, well, as you know, I have my video directory, Blue Streak. I'm still working on that, but... I have a new project I'm working on at the same time. I mean, Sus can do a thousand different things. I can do two, right? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So I got together with a business partner. Her name is Danielle Woolley. And she gave me a little blurb she wanted me to say about what we're doing, and then I'll talk about it a little bit more. First of all, before I start the blurb, though, I, I have three cats, which I let Richard have a little bit of time with. She has four. So this is our blurb. Do you love cats? Well, obviously. We do. Get ready to call in and share funny stories, challenging situations, and inspiring conversations about cats. Where everyday cat lovers, their pets, and their experiences are the star of the show. So basically, we're starting a podcast on Zoom. And we're inviting anybody with a question about a cat to come. The reason it started was because a kitten that we got has this condition that the vets cannot seem to figure out what's going on with me. Scratching his face. It's really painful to look at. I've taken him to the vet multiple times, spent much, much, much money on him. And so we want to start a community. So maybe somebody out there has the answer. And so we're telling people, too, with similar stories. Like if your cat is doing something weird and nobody can figure it out, let's all get together and see if we can figure it out together. And and we're going to build it into a community. But we're starting it as a podcast. And my son, Richard's son, our son, helped come up with the name. He said, well, you could be the podcats. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that was taken. So since we both live in Jersey, we're the Jersey Podcats. That's Very the name clever. of the podcast. Yeah, I'll, give I, you, I'll give you a clip real quick for the podcats. Yeah, all right, go. My cat right now stopped using the litter box, and Lucky I have you. no idea why. <laughs> if you know any information that can help me <laughs> regarding the situation, and she's not sick, by the way. She just chooses not to use the litter box. If you have any information, please Call the Jersey Podcast. Oh, Oh, thank you. That was DJ Sus One. That's exactly what we want. That's what we want people to call up and say on our messages. On we have a Google phone number. We want people to call the phone number and do exactly what you just did. Thank you. You're our first one. Get it? Yes, number one. And we've listened to lots of cat podcasts, but I think this one really kind of comes from a place of cat love. Uh, Elizabeth (laughs) and Daniel both. Uh, are so emotionally involved with their cats that and that comes out and I just I think it's going to be a great experience for cat lovers and mm-hmm. so nice so anyway back to DJ Sus One did you have anything else oh, that- I, d- I do want to say all right and you know what I'm going to ask Danielle if we can include your question in our first one mm-hmm. so our first one is going to be uploaded to anywhere you find your podcasts on December Wednesday December 28th so we thought 
right after Christmas when everybody's sitting around, it's kind of the doldrums, there'll be a new podcast about cats. Nice. That's very exciting. That's it's very exciting. the Jersey Podcasts. And remember, you got a taste of that here on Passage to Profit. So, DJ, you've been an entrepreneur now for a while. I mean, really being an entertainer is an entrepreneurial journey, right? Because yes. there's, there's really no instructions. At all. At all. You kind of got to make it up and you got to see where can I get leverage? What are my strengths? How can I take advantage of this opportunity? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you, is just natural for you? Or is that something that you've sort of learned as you went along? Well, some stuff I learned, but some stuff is my strengths. Like I was able to really look at my heroes and really try to, um, I naturally just gravitated towards DJing. And I, you know, I don't want to say it was a natural thing. I practiced my ass off every day in my room with the family saying, turn the music down and all that. <laughs> turn that crap off. So some of that, some of the stuff, of course, I had to practice over and over and over again. But some of it came natural, man, like talking on the mic and entertaining and getting people turned up. I definitely researched and studied the greats, though. I just definitely did. And when you were studying them, you were listening to them, you were watching them. You were looking for transitions, maybe? All of the above. So there was a popular show in the 90s called Deaf Comedy Jam. And Kid Capri, one of my heroes who shows me love today, he used to come on during the end of um, the show and start scratching while there were dancers on stage. And I'd watch him. And this is the vinyl days, by the way. People have it easy today (laughs) with technology because it's easy. I used to carry 10 crates of records to the club. So before all that, I used to watch him at the end of Deaf Comedy Jam, killing it with the scratching, the blending, and the mixing, and the whole crowd was turned up. And um, the dancers were dancing, and this was the end of the show. The mixtapes, I used to listen to, um, there was this ancient thing called cassette tapes. Right? <laughs> I want you to Google it. Uh, we used to, as DJs, make mixtapes on these ancient devices called cassette tapes. And I used to listen to other people's mixtapes. One of the most popular guys was Ron G at the time, and I used to listen to him scratching and blending, and I used to try to... How'd he do that? And I used to practice in my room. And by the way, this is before YouTube. Nowadays, DJs be like, let's just search on YouTube how to scratch and how to blend. I had none of that. I had to really listen and watch people in real time and live and try to practice on my own. And you could only watch it that once. <laughs> right. I couldn't right. rewind and be like, can we see how they good? That's like a fundamental thing that I hear from successful people is that they've devoted themselves to their learning their craft and turning out good stuff because yes. they practice, right? And I think that goes across any kind of entrepreneurial thing. You practice, you study. You watch the greats, and then you try to create your own energy and what's going to make you different. I really think today's generation, not just trying to disrespect anybody because I love a lot of things from today's generation, but I think social media has made it that a lot of people feel like they could just mimic people and do exactly the same thing without being creative and being different and trying to have instant success, and they don't want to work as much. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, even if you get success from that, it's going to end quickly because you haven't studied how to keep it or – how to work hard to sustain the, this type of energy. So practice, study, research, practice again, study the greats, but always also try to find a way to create your own lane to make yourself different from everybody else because you got to be your own person. That's so true. You have to be different from everybody else. And everybody yeah. else is taken, so be yourself. You remember exactly. that, right? But, but that's what people are craving today and looking for, I think. You know, I don't want to see another sitcom that's just like the last five I watched. I want something new and different. And there's so much content out there. How can you be, and if you're kind of a quirky, weird person, that's okay then. Because you're a little different, right? Oh, that's another thing I want to add. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be yourself. Weird is good. I'm going to use it. But I have, a, Same. I have a question. At the beginning, and as you grew, who did you get to do the really boring stuff? Like the books, and the tax returns, and the like keeping track of all the appointments, like all the stuff that creatives and basically most people don't enjoy. Oh, yeah, that's an easy answer. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I still do most of that stuff by myself. Well, you have I, Amber, I, I, too. I have a problem trusting people. Yeah, I was going to say, you have Amber, who's great. All right, so I do have an assistant now. I don't want to take anything away from Amber. Shout out to Amber Lay. She definitely helps me. I, I do have an accountant now who helps out with my taxes, but I, I really try to be hands-on with a lot of the things that's going on in my life. So you did work really hard because 
and and did you have to force yourself to do those things because they're not creative and it's drudge work basically, right? Of course, you mentioned taxes. You know, I'll tell you who exactly forced me about taxes: the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know anything about they're taxes. Very persuasive. <laughs> one day, one day when I first started making money and got out of being broke, in which you know, which I, what I thought was money at the time, the IRS let me know that you have to pay taxes by freezing my accounts. Oh my and gosh! And I had no idea what happened to my accounts, and I quickly learned. Oh, IRS? I quickly learned those three letters. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly learned that you have to take care of taxes and that you have a partner. Yeah, it looks like a, a pound of your flesh is gone right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, this is the, I like that part. This is a very authentic part of the podcast. Yes. I love that. Well, I like going back to the career stuff because, you know, we're here to help people. People want to start businesses, but you got to bust one to make it work, right? And you, you got to either spend a lot of time in school or... You know, you got to learn your craft. You got to study people. And if you're not willing to put in that work, then go do something else, you know, because it's it may not work out for you, you know. Exactly. And you can say never. I mean, there's overnight successes, right? But but those overnight successes usually find out very quickly, oh, I have to learn how to work hard and do things. They <laughs> right. can't maintain it. And guys, stop being lazy. Any young people tuned in right now, please don't be lazy because I know we're in the generation of Google. I didn't have Google growing up. I had Encyclopedia Britannica. I had books and I had to read and I had to watch people. Just don't be lazy. We're, I feel like this generation, no disrespect to anybody, but don't take this the wrong way. But I come from a different generation. I feel like this generation has a lot of tools that make you lazy right. and make you want instant success. Don't be lazy. Go do the work. Well, and Twitter allowed everyone to have a short attention span. Yes. And I think that detracts from people just really buckling down and getting stuff done sometimes. It does. I'm practicing this now. I'm not perfect at all. I get addicted to social media. But I'm trying to make it a habit right now. I think everybody should do this to use it for work. It's Look, we have certain tools that work in this generation, but put the phone down when it comes to certain things so that you could exercise your brain. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. right. Read I, read books. And, and call people. Yeah, call, call people, people on the phone. Talk. I mean, exactly. yeah. you know, I, I, our, our kids will, especially our daughter, she's 26 right now, and she'll text the pizza parlor or jump on the app and order the pizza. I said, well, why don't you just call them? And it's like, ugh. Call them. It's like, <laughs> you mean I have to talk to a person? You know, right. and, and I think it, social media was kind of supposed to bring us together in a way, but now it, it seems like it's dividing people mm-hmm. and not just, you know, it's politically. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah. You know, and I but, think there's a lot of like unhealthy comparisons on social media too. Like you see someone's life and what that looks like, and it's not necessarily the case. So I think. It's good to not but you compare. Definitely need to check out Coach Kenya's Instagram page. She's got some amazing pictures on there. Uh, oh, uh, thank you. Let's yeah. be let's be clear because we're in a crazy ratchet generation. She has amazing workout pictures. She has amazing inspirational pictures. Because I'm in hip hop, and when you say amazing pictures, they're like Cardi B type. So <laughs> none of those. Type. Thanks for, <laughs> no, well, thanks for clearing that up for me. I just want to make sure. I didn't, I didn't want to send we, the wrong I'm, audience no, to okay. Kenya. I'm sorry that I'm not in the gram dropping it like it's hot. I'm just not called to do that. We, we were we were talking about dignity earlier. <laughs> and listen, no shade to those who are. I'm right, not judging, right. but everybody to their own thing. You know, right. I have uh, two kids, and uh, I so, want to be an example for. So, so. Sus, do you? think that there would have been an easier path to being a movie producer than what you've taken or do you think this is just the way you personally had to do it because being a movie producer is pretty cool I have to say it's not the traditional way to do it no I I, I love the um I don't question any of the journey that I'm doing because I wouldn't have gotten to where I am right now if it wasn't for all the mistakes and successes that I've done already I didn't even know I knew I wanted to do horror movies at some point it was more about the DJing and the music I don't think I would have made it this far the feature the whole name the feature presentation came because I told myself I'm making a movie on the radio with the way I I, I was killing on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then that graduated to, oh, the feature presentation, because that's before the movie is the word, now you're ready for the feature presentation, right? right? And then that turned into my company. And then that now um, I'm going into the movie world. So I don't want to take anything away from my journey. I, I love my journey. It's not the traditional way. You know, I'm definitely going to be sitting next to successful movie producers like, you came from DJing, what? You know, but. <laughs> It is what it is. I have a quick question, if I can ask. What was the most challenging interview you've ever had to do? This one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Sitting next to Kenya Gibson. Very challenging. No, none. I don't th- I'm very honest, so I don't think there's anything challenging. At the beginning stages, I think the challenges came from me. Because I didn't know what I was doing at first. And then when I, once I started becoming good at it, it's, it hasn't really been a challenge. I just... 
I've just learned to be natural and just be yourself and try to make people feel comfortable. Mm. So do you think people can learn that, or do you think that's kind of a skill that talent you're born with? I mean, I'm a born talker, and I don't know how great an interviewer I am, but for me it's easy to talk to people. Some people find it much more challenging to talk to people, and they find it challenging to ask questions that draw people out. I'm like the inquisitor. Like We did this little personality assessment so on one of our shows. You, why are you I, looking at me when you're saying <laughs> that? <laughs> and I came out as the inquisitor, but do you think it's partly just how you are? I think I have a... Humbly, humbly, I don't know how to say it's humbly, but I think I do have a little bit of a corny, jokey, big personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if, if I had to be humble for that. I added the corny word. But <laughs> but um, I think anything could be learned for the most part. But some people have natural talent. Some people have natural talent where they don't have to really do much to learn. I've seen it. I've seen people that are new to the game. And they just come on the mic like they've been doing it for 100 years. And then I've seen people come and study and practice and learn and watch other people and they become great. Well, that's inspiring because if, it's not you, if you're driven to do it, then you, you can do it. Kenya, what do you think about that question? You always struck me as being a natural. Uh, well, I appreciate you saying that. I don't. I, I work really hard and I feel like I always knew that I wanted to be in radio. Like when I was like five years old, I had this little plastic little tykes radio that had a little microphone and I used to sit there and practice interviewing my sister. As a matter of fact, I'd make her be Mariah Carey and I would sit there and <laughs> ask her questions. So, so you were destined for this interview. I don't know. I, I just feel like <laughs> I've, it's something I've always wanted to do and I've never really saw myself doing anything else. So just, you know, a lot of talking to yourself as a little kid and pretending and I don't know, God sees that, hears that and puts you in the right places to cultivate it. When I was a kid, one of my best friends and I used to uh, copy Sesame Street scenes and that was like mm-hmm. our our thing. And then when I was in college, I managed the radio station there. So when Kenya actually suggested this, I was like, yeah, let's try this. I mean, radio is kind of in my blood mm-hmm. from a young age and nice. I was all for it. So. And I will say, I still have my insecurities. Like I'll sit and watch certain people's interviews and I'll, you know, like self compare, not in a way that's negative, but like I could do this better. I could say that better. My inflection could be better this way. So I'm always like, Trying to like learn what, and evolve. But like in what ways? You know who's a great interviewer? Angie Martinez, right? Mm. So I just feel like she's very natural. The people feel very comfortable. The conversations come out. And she's really good at picking out certain things from like whatever their comment is and turning that into a, like a rebuttal question. So things like that and pulling out things that are not scripted from the interview mm. instead of following like a structure of questions. You know what I've learned from Angie and other people that are great like that? Yeah, being organic and just not sound like a robot. Mm-hmm. I, I think the best interview is when it feels like it could be a conversation in your living room. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Right. When I was a little kid, there was this reruns, because I'm not that old, of Dragnet. Did you guys ever watch Dragnet or hear about it? I know the TV show a little bit. So Dragnet was this cop show like very old-fashioned mm-hmm. very sexist and they would have this very white <laughs> and they would have this music when these vampy women came on so this woman would come to the door to the cops and she'd have a glass of wine a button unbuttoned on her shirt she'd be, can I help you boys? So my sister and I used to go out in the kitchen. My brother and mom would be watching that. And we used to like make fun of it. And we'd be laughing our heads off. My mom and my brother would be like screaming at us. What's so funny? <laughs> but anyway, um, that was like, maybe I should have been an actress. I don't know. Maybe. Or a parody. Well, you're certainly beautiful enough to be an actress. Oh, thank and like you, you said earlier, it's never too late. Right. Never too late. <laughs> no. they, would, they would cast me as the corpse in the casket. Oh, no. You, 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 you'd, be cra- you'd be the crazy cat lady. <laughs> I know you get hair and makeup for that. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm so pale to begin with. It's like. <laughs> I don't know. Acting, that's like such a different thing. Well, I mean, there's certain things that I know being a DJ, like if I get in front of a crowd that I know I'm nine times out of ten, because sometimes you could have just a crazy crowd. But, you know, that comes from experience. There's a clip of you on Instagram that's going viral. I've seen it. The one with you and oh, Mariah. Oh, and Mariah. That's been going viral for a few years now. <laughs> that was in Las Vegas. We we definitely were drinking. She was drinking, you could tell. And Mariah basically said, I'm doing the best with what I got. And I was on the mic in front of all the crowd in Vegas. Oh, and I said, oh. oh. And played, played the Benjamins by Puff Daddy and the crowd went crazy. <laughs> and I guess what Mariah said and the energy she said it with really resonates with people. 
of how they want to treat things in life. Like, I'm doing the best with like, what I got. Right. You got to deal with it. So it's, it's gone viral, that clip, for years now. Every time I look on Instagram, it's... And people are using the audio. Like yeah, it's a, it's, audio. it's definitely so, viral. So you sound like you're really having fun. Are you having fun? Yeah, you got to have fun. You got to have some type of fun. Like, look, in business, there's always going to be a, a percentage of non-fun, right? Yeah. But I'm having fun, man. This is what I wanted to do. You didn't know how you were going to make money being a DJ, but the passion was there. The passion was there. I didn't even think about money too much. Like, you know, it's a, it's in your head a little bit because you want, you know, you have those young dreams of, I want to have the biggest house or whatever, whatever you think, and with no knowledge of the worth of money or what bills are or anything yeah. like that, you know. But the passion for the actual craft of DJing and wanting to DJ, what was more exciting for me was the response to people when I, when I did things like DJed in my house or at parties or whatever it is, the response. And um, just trying to mimic my heroes but create, find my own energy towards it. So we always hear follow your passion and the money will come. Yeah, that's a fact. Follow your passion and the money will come. Whether they know it or not, people recognize authentic energy. Well, Richard loves being a patent attorney, which is kind of strange to a lot of people, but, but <laughs> he, he has been able to be pretty much happy doing what he really loves doing. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you love, that's what you love. I love solving the problems. You know, yeah. that's what I, I enjoy is because each each case is like a puzzle, right? And so my brain works in a way I'm always solving all of these puzzles, right? I would say that's probably my strength. Uh, it's like Scrabble for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I love doing strategy. I love yeah. trying to figure out what's going to happen next. What's the other guy going to do in this case? Do you play chess? I played it. Yeah, I do. Because I'm a chess player, so it sounds oh, yeah. like you, it sounds oh, like you yeah. play chess. I still you know, pull up a game every once in a while on Microsoft or whatever, and, mm -hmm. you know, and I play that. I studied the game. It, you know, in an informal way, and I think that that kind of formed my brain in a certain way when I was young to to think just like you were, nice. like you're talking about. I think I would be a great lawyer. I think you would I too. I like to argue, and I'm always right, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, Norris would say I that. I think you're right. I think you're right that you you always like to argue. <laughs> well, what was your dad like? I mean, he was a criminal attorney, right? And yeah, my uh, dad's smart. You know, he's my hero, and he's the smartest man ever in my opinion like you know i know a lot of people say that about their dads because that's their experience growing up but you know he's way more book smart than me he's read endless books like i'm just like i don't know how he could do that like you you've done the same thing like when you take the bar all the books you have to read and learn and he just has a lot of knowledge um way more than i think i'll ever have in my lifetime and you know maybe not a knowledge of the world i'm in but he has a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things that i just don't know about and well i think it's more challenging well, at least for me, it's more challenging to be in the world of entertainment where you're looking at broad trends and you're you're appealing to large numbers of people, mm -hmm. where as opposed to like little cases where the, the facts are very, I disagree. very close. I think that depends on who you ask. Because if you yeah. ask me, it's way more challenging to do what you guys <laughs> do. What he does. Well, you both are in the right fields then. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely. Guess the, I guess Kenya, so. yes, I think you would have made a great. I think you'd be great at anything you tried. Oh, thank you. Honestly. Thank you. So if you try to stop arguing with people, all right. <laughs> you'd I, be think great. You'd be, I think you'd be great at it. <laughs> so listen, we have to wrap things up for this segment. We have one more tiny little segment left after this, but we'll be right back to Passage to Profit with Richard Elizabeth Gerhardt. Kenny Gibson, and the one and only DJ Suswan. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So so if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A. JRTLAW.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common they start 
start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Passage to Profit, which, by the way, I really like that name for a podcast. I think it's incredible. Oh, Kenya came up with it? They're all pointing to Kenya. Kenya came up with that name, Passage to Profit, because that's the passage that I'm trying to be on. DJ Sus One, I am here. I'm Kenya Gibson. I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. Time for the question of the day. So, Sus, what do you see yourself doing, like, maybe five or ten years from now? I'm going to be very much more dominant into the movie world. My company, the Feature Presentation Studios, is going to have way more legs than it has today. And I'm going to be a complete and independent entrepreneur. Because if I'm being honest, the Feature Presentation is still growing and I'm still working for other corporations. But my company will have a lot more legs. I'll only be relying on my own brand and my own company. Hopefully I'll be married with some kids, but that's not today. I'm single out here in these streets. I know lots of and, single women, so. <laughs> uh, I'm fo- right, Guys, I'm focused right now, though. I'm focused on my um, They like cats. A man has a man cats. Oh, my cats. gosh. I can't mm, believe yeah. you're single. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'll be somewhere chilling, just focusing on my business, kind of trying to be creative and um, trying to raise a family and trying to build more residual income for myself. Excellent. What about you, Kenya Gibson? Where do you see yourself five or ten years from now? I will be dominating this New York radio game and uh, be top five in this specific market, New York City, be on the air full time. My fitness business will be thriving. I have my own brand that I'm launching that Richard is trademarking and patenting for me. So that will be live uh, in the virtual fitness space. And my family will be healthy, will be blessed, and will be able to be wealthy enough to help a lot of people. That's great. Boy. Where do you see yourself in five to ten years, Richard Gearhart? (sighs) Well, taking a lot of naps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I have no intentions of retiring, and I plan to continue to explore the world of entertainment and infotainment. I'm having a great time. Can I actually add to mine before you say yours? Absolutely. I want to also add that I will be thinner, healthier, in a great mental health space, which I am today, by the way, but I want to continue that, and I just want to be... More than anything, because, you know, I'm talking about the entrepreneur because this, you know, this is what we're talking about. But I want to be in the healthiest space of my life in five to five years and so. You know, I'm glad five you said, months or so. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I have to add that to mine. So I want to be healthier, too. I'm just starting this podcast. I really want this podcast and this community to really grow. And I want my other business to get going and grow. And I really want to sell the other business when it gets to a certain point. I started it so I could eventually sell it. But I think that the cat podcast, I would probably keep as long as I can still talk. <laughs> Unfortunately for most people, it'll be probably till I'm 100. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, DJ Saswan, where can people connect with you? So, look, you can catch me on all social media platforms. You know, I'm predominantly on Instagram, though, at DJ Saswan. Also on Twitter and TikTok and all that. But if you want to get quick responses, Instagram. Guys, follow, you know, check out the feature presentation on Instagram too at the feature presentation and the feature presentation.com for everything that I'm trying to work on and stay connected with me. We'll do that. And thank you so much again for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. I appreciate you guys. We have to talk about the next one if Kenya's going to be here or not. <laughs> she doesn't like when I joke like that. She gave me the ill look. Just like, How dare you say this? Oh, I, brought, I brought you here. <laughs> So this is Richard Gerhardt, Elizabeth Gerhardt, Kenny Gibson, and DJ Sus1. Before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. Our podcast can be found tomorrow anywhere you find your podcast. Just look for the Passage to Profit show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, while the information during this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without 
checking with your legal professional. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.